Well, hi there. Tom D'Antoni, Oregon Music News Editor in World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason for another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation. The king of doo-doo funk, Tony Ozier, is with me, the high priest of the Dookie Jam, and a producer, composer, multi-instrumentalist who has a new album out in May. I wrote the first story on the Dookie Jam in 2007, and it's still going strong every month now at Dante's. He had a hand in making the new Farnell Newton album, and we'll hear about that. In weeks to come, blues singer, guitarist, Mary Flower, Ron Bless. Messenger, musical director of Third Angle, pianist, composer, producer Ramsey Embick, the indescribable Belinda Underwood, plus entertainment attorney Peter Von Shaver and singer Christy Lane. Now, let's get funky, huh? Well, Tony Ozier is in World Cup. Nice to see you again. Good to see you, too. Always oh, just nice to see, catch up with you, see what you're doing. Yeah, man. Uh, nice to be here. Because I remember that first time I ever met you. I don't even know if I met you that night. <laughs> All I saw was this man <laughs> jumping around a little hole in the wall downtown. Because I had heard about this thing called the Dookie Jam. <laughs> and I didn't know why it was called Dookie Jam or what it was about. Uh, it was called the place was called the, the Calabash. The Calabash yeah. and rest in peace, Tom. Rest in peace, Tom. <laughs> yeah, you know the owner passed away. So I didn't know that. that so, yeah. uh, I just said rest in peace, real quick. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so <laughs> as a matter of fact, I wrote about that oh, in yeah, the yeah. Oregonian. Yeah, yeah. To introduce the world to the, to the world of Dookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, first of all, uh, explain the uh, you know the origins of that jam. What were you um, trying to the do? The jam basically, we um, as I had started performing in town, I was new to town. I started performing, and, and it was a whole crew of us, you know, 15, 16, 17 of us that were all like musicians, musicians, singers, MCs, we all ran together. We would do stuff like play shows and then we would go and like jam in a rehearsal room till five in the morning. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, opportunity, you know, we were like, we need to do this, you know, more often. Mm -hmm. We wish we could do this. We'd all get better if we shit like this more often. Yeah. So an opportunity came up at the Calabash to do it. We, so... We did the first one, and I never forget how nervous I was because it was kind of really the first time that I was really improving like that for so long. Really? Yeah, because you know we play from yeah. nine to two. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. So, yes. You know, it's easy to make up something for you know thirty minutes, forty-five yeah. minutes, yeah. but for yeah. you know four hours, five hours. <laughs> but anyway, man, we started it up. We wanted to kind of have a place where musicians could come and play and jam together and jam with other musicians of other genres and we could all get better. You know, that was the whole point of the Dookie Jam was to, to get, for us to get better and hopefully yeah. the musicians would get better therefore the bands would get better and yeah. get a little more attention. You know, that summer there were all kinds of people showing up for that, man. Oh, man. J jazz guys and, and uh, Tom, some of everybody has been to the Dookie Jam. <laughs> yes. I mean, we've yeah. had, I mean, literally some of everybody yeah. has been to the Dookie Jam. So, you know, pretty surprising. It's surprising one day I get a phone call 
Um, yeah, tell him. Uh, Al B. Sure wants to come to the Dookie Jam, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> he's like, he's in town. We're gonna bring him through. Oh, okay, sure, sure. You know why not? And I, and, and you know I'm not familiar with all the musicians, but I remember one year we were down there. The Blues Fest came into town. Yeah. And we were like, it was, that's when we did it every Wednesday. And yeah. a lot of acts came in on Wednesday for their shows the yeah. next night. Yeah. And so, man, the next thing I know, we have all these you know, musicians and, you know, <laughs> on stage playing from I don't know where that no one's ever seen before. But come to find out, they're like the blues guys. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, the Lady Gaga band's been to the Dookie Jam. <laughs> when the Lion King was here, they yeah. were here for, what, yeah. months? Yeah. I mean, every week they were coming. Yeah, man, we've had some people come out. How did you? I mean, you've been in jams before. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you had to be, of course, you had to keep the music going, and you had to keep the level of the music at a certain level, right? Yeah, that is definitely a challenge. But then you also had to be the traffic cop. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. How'd you figure that one out? Hey, man, you know. And especially with the Calabash being as small as it was, yeah, it was, yeah. you know, it was real easy for us to kind of like, okay, you know, <laughs> you know, clear away so we can, you know, walk through and you know, make sure nothing crazy went down. But yeah, I mean, man, what do you mean nothing crazy went down? <laughs> that was why people went to it to see the crazy stuff <laughs> go down. Crazy. Yeah, and you were part of that. You were right in the middle of it. I remember you used to take the mic and go outside. Yeah, man, I still do that. Do you <laughs> hey, man, I'm trying to get people to come in. So, you know, I have to be outside with them. Yeah, man. Dante's must be good for that. Man, Dante's is really fun, man. I can yeah. go stand outside of Dante's because <laughs> so many people are walking by. You know, on first Thursdays, you'll see me out there. Man. Security guards are laughing at me because I'm trying to get people to come in. But it's, man, it's a fun, man, it's fun, man. It really yeah. is. I yeah. think, you know, yeah. as yeah. musicians, we get so caught up in, you know, the technical aspect and all of these uh-huh. different things is that we don't, have, we don't remember, like, why we play, started playing. Do you call a tune? How does it work? There is no tune. <laughs> you know? What is it? Basically, it's a, it's a, it's like a, kind of like a, it's kind of like a release, man. It's uh-huh. like we get up there and we just start playing. Uh-huh. And that's basically how it goes you know i'll be like all right somebody start playing sometimes we'll all sometimes we'll stop and you'll see everybody looking at each other because we're waiting <laughs> on somebody else to start the next <laughs> nobody wants to start playing but, you know, that's how it goes man we just go off a field yeah and if somebody starts a groove somebody starts a groove whether it be yeah. on bass or drums yeah. or keyboards yeah. or yeah. guitar or whatever yeah and you know we pick up on it and start moving yeah and, you know, whatever's going on, we, you know, we get up there with the singers. And, you know, we exchange some energy with people yeah. in the crowd. And, you know, that helps us kind of come up with different stuff to, uh-huh. you know, do in front of the people. But, it's, man, it's, a, it's fun, though, man. That's the, the whole thing about it is it's just it's a really a good time. Yeah. It really is. Well, well let's, let's deal with what you decided to call it. The Dookie Jam. <laughs> yes. Because it is unusual. Well, I've been doodle funk for a long time. I was, the, you know, the original doodle funk started in L.A. Really? Yeah, it's called the Doodle Funk Crew. Tony uh-huh. was here in the doodle funk. Well, we were the DDFC then. <laughs> yeah. Because right. nobody wanted to really say doodle funk. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it was Tony Ozier in the DDFC. Yeah. Uh, we did shows for about two and a half years, three years through in LA. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so when I came here, yes. you know, I was, you know, I never forget, I did a show and one day my boy was like, yo, man, you need to, you need to bring your thing out. Oh. You know what I'm saying? He was yeah, like, you need yeah, to, yeah. he was like, tonight you need to, you know, bring your thing out. Go hard on the dookie. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And that night, and that night I remember it was like, I mean, the band was all stars. Yeah. I mean, it was an all star band on stage. Yeah. That was playing with me at the point, that point in time. Uh huh. And, you know, it was like, hey, man, we are we are all stars, but when we, in this configuration right here, we're the dude who's all stars. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, if I was to talk about the people in that band at that yeah. time, you would see what I mean when I say all stars. For instance, you know, for instance, you know, uh, Tyrone Hendricks, yes. playing drums, yeah. you know, played with, done the many things that he's been doing. Stevie you know, Wonder, Liv Warfield, Liv Warfield, yeah. you know, some Prince stuff. Yeah. Speaking of Liv Warfield, Liv Warfield was in that band. I know. Yeah. Gretchen Mitchell was in that band. Gretchen Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. AG was in that band. Yeah. Dale was in that band. I mean, it was. Yeah. I mean, everybody's. Yeah. yeah. You know, everybody's kind of doing their thing, man. Everybody's. <laughs> so, you know, it's all stars, man. <laughs> so we brought it in, and everybody was with it. So when the jam session came, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. I was gonna call it Dookie's Jam. Uh huh. You know, but yeah. I was like, nah. Uh huh. I was just like Dookie Jam. Dookie Jam. Because we wanted to really specialize in the funk. Yes. We wanted to always keep everything funky. Yes. So yes. that's why we called it the Dookie Jam, <laughs> and it's just been flowing ever since. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's moved around. It's moved around. You know, uh, shoot, man, every place that we started at is closed, man. The Calabash <laughs> closed, the 915 closed, the Someday Lounge closed. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they've been doing a lot of different stuff. I mean, well, I mean Dante's, there's not a lot of live venues. Right. I mean, when I first right. came here, there wasn't as much of the kind of music we're doing here when I got oh, here. Oh, it's exploded now. Now that it's, but there were so many venues to play at when I got here. Yeah. It was so yeah. easy to get gigs. Yeah. Now, yeah. a lot of those live venues that they had in town have shut down. But the interest is greater. But the interest is greater. Isn't that weird? Yeah, man, it is weird. It, it, it's a weird thing. It is. It is. But, you know, that's where we're at now. So, you know. <laughs> it's, you know, hey, there's not a whole lot we can do about that. But, you know, we can't yeah. continue. To, yeah. We have, thanks to people like Karen from yeah. the Sunday Lounge, yeah. Karen Page. Yeah. She uh, linked us up with Frank. Yeah. And Frank believed in us enough. You know? I don't think the Sunday Lounge, I don't think Dante is going anywhere. Yeah. And, that's a, yeah. and that was one of the main things, too, is that. Yeah. Us moving to Dante's, Frank's been there for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And that's why I think it was real beautiful how he let us grow there. Because when we first brought it to Dante's, it was really slow, man. Yeah. And, and, and like probably over the last seven, eight months, uh-huh. it's beginning to like Good. really build. I would say over the last year, it's beginning to build and pick back up again. Uh-huh. So, and it's a whole new crowd. It's crazy. Whole, really? I mean, it's. it's yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden there's this big audience for funk. Yeah, well, think about it, Tom, right now the number one song is Uptown, what? 
Uptown what? <laughs> Did you say funk is the number one song? Funk is number one on the billboard? Imagine that. Uptown funk? Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, man, and so you know, with that being the case, man, I really, you know, you know, music cycles, man. yeah, and yeah. I knew eventually we would come back to the phones. So, yeah, well, we've been through, you know, we've been through so many different right phases of rising. Yeah, and it yeah. just keeps, yeah. keeps like, yeah. Well, you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> So you're, you know, you, uh, I know you, you've always done a lot of producing uh, in addition to your own music. What, how would you, what percentage right now of what you're doing is producing other people and what percentage is your own music right now? Um, I think right now I'm saying about 25% of my own music right now. Really? And about 75% of other people's stuff right now. Does that, does that feel good to you? Um, man, it's, I'm making a living, man. You know, okay. I, don't, I don't do anything else. So yeah. I, I do this full time, and uh, you know, it needs, it has to be like that because you know, I make money when I'm working with yeah. other people versus when I'm working on my stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on my stuff. Right. right. So, right. but um, I man, I enjoy music a lot, man. I enjoy music. I enjoy lots of different kinds of music. So for me, man, this. As long as I'm able to make music, man, I feel like I'm living a dream. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's just the truth about it. Um, yeah, you know, just like anybody else's work, there's some parts of it work you like, there's some parts you don't right. like. But, you know. Right. Well, Dr. John said one time, talking about you know his life over, you know, somebody in any other kind of business is, you know, he said, the, your days are filled with money matters. And my days are filled with sound, yeah. sound and more sound. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I get to play and I get to, I, I get to listen to music and play instruments and uh -huh. do all that kind of stuff for a living. Man. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's a real good time. I get to do it in front of my kids. My kids get to come in and watch. Me. Watch. You put them on your records. Yeah, they, they are. All, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since they've been alive, they've pretty much been on every record I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I got this new funk song I just did. Uh, uh -huh. It's called "Going on a New Record." It's called "36 Flavors." Yeah. And um, when I did it, you know, the boys were in the room with me, uh -huh. and I was like, I played the bass groove down, and I had a clap going, and they were in there, and I was like, "Repeat after me," <laughs> you know what I mean? And I started, you know, just. Freestyling uh -huh. yeah. this groove over this groove of just <laughs> bass and clap, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a song." And I happened to record it in my phone while I was doing it, so I could remember, you know, <laughs> yeah, what was yeah, happening. Yeah. And man, we did the song. Boom! They, I, they're on the track singing the same <laughs> things we were singing. They got writers. I gave them writers credit because you know that's great. And now they're asking me for publishing and when they're going to get paid for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are their names and how old are they? Uh, my son, oldest is King, uh -huh. youngest is Zane. King is uh, eight, Zane is five. Wow. And then my wife, Catherine. And yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. We, wow. Yeah, man. We're trying to do it big. But, yeah, man, we, the, you know, I get to do that in front of the boys. The boys get, you know, they come in and uh -huh. kind of get that sense of, you know, they have. Yeah. A sense of music, yeah, not just yeah, music, yeah. but good music. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my son, hey dad, what's the what's the D'Angelo lyric? What does he say? What does he say? 
does D'Angelo know Miss Bo? <laughs> Which is my <laughs> oldest son's teacher. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't think D'Angelo knows Miss Bo. So I had to go <laughs> find the lyrics so I could say, this is what D'Angelo is saying right here. <laughs> He's not talking about your teacher. But for my five-year-old to be asking me about D'Angelo lyrics. You know, five-year-old? Yeah. Wow. You know, he could be asking some five-year-old to talk about this in his own. About you, you, you know, some five year olds are singing that. Yeah. But yeah, That's man, it's been a lot of good stuff happening in time. Yeah. Music is going, I mean, I think right now in Portland, uh-huh. I think it is, it is the music. It's just, it's, it's really going right now. Man. It's yeah. a lot of really good talent. So when, when will your album come out? My album comes out the day after Memorial Day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So in May it comes out. We're dropping the single from my album, which is in, which is called Funked Up. Yeah. <laughs> on yeah. April the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Video. We did. A, I did a video for it. Shot it with Todd Strickland. Nice. Uh, and then you know Farnell's record. Farnell. Yeah. We dropped his single uh, right. last month. Well, before we get to Farnell, who is on your album? Oh, my record. Uh, yeah. Tyrone Hendricks. Yeah, man. Boy Pete out of L.A. Pete James, who's also mm-hmm. the guitar player on all the Duke Funk albums. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Dove is on the album. Uh, Miss Etta Arietta Ward is on the album. Yeah. My man Av from D.C. is on the album. Uh, the Rose City. Ward Let me is ask on the you album. something. Let me ask you something. Arietta Ward has this commanding presence where people call her Miss Etta. That's it. That's the name. Out of respect. And not a lot of people. That doesn't happen with a lot of people. Yeah, what Ella. is it? What is it? What is it that, that, that she that she's got? Man, I'm she's got the she's got the Janice thing going. Man, I would say that Miss Ella to me is like the poster child of the Dookie Jam. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. She's the poster child of what like what the Duke what we wanted the Dookie to do. Like when we first started the Dookie, I still remember the first time about three or four years ago. I was going out of town. I called up Miss Ella and I said, Miss Ella. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to need you to host and oh. hold it down. Uh-huh. And she was like, uh. And at that point, I had already kind of been grooming her. Like, yeah. I had already been yeah. kind of grooming her to kind of, like, be up front a little more. You right, know? right. And, uh, you know, I remember her being really, really nervous. She did it. <laughs> had a good time. Huh. And. Now here we are, two years later, three years later, and we have this commanding presence on stage. Now, when we first started the Dookie Jam, we could barely get Miss Etta up there to Is sing that right? background vocals. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Could barely get her up there to sing. Huh. You know what I mean? But you know, but she would come up and sing, and she definitely wouldn't come up and grab the mic and be up front. Yeah. <laughs> but she'll do that now. Oh, now she wants to. Man. Now you can't get her off the stage. <laughs> Good. Good thing. Nah, I'd go on the stage that. and grab the microphone. She'd be like, hold on, Mr. Duke Green. Hold on. I'd be like, oh, here you go. <laughs> but yeah, man, I think she's like the poster child, man, just from her growth from when I first met her yeah. to where she is now. And wait till you hear it. I mean, I have some tunes on her right now, man, that are incredible. Really? Yes. Wow. She's got some do you, do you see a lot of her mom in her? 
And uh, is there a lot of Janice in, in, in her? I mean, there are Janice's children, man. You can't help but see Janice yeah. in them. Like, yeah. Especially, yeah. like, you know, just their musical taste, their, uh -huh. their musicality. Yeah. Yeah, you can see Mama's Grogging with them all day. All right. All right. That's shoot. That's one of the reasons why they even sing it with me. She the one told me, "Hey, I want my girls to sing with you." Huh? Yeah. Uh huh. So I got a chance to do a show with them probably about four or five years ago. It was kind of like the first show that we had. They had all done uh -huh. like together in a band. Uh -huh. So it was like Mama Janice on keys. And yeah. Girls singing. Yeah. It was all dookie because you know Janice was dookie. Anything right. Dookie come up, she was mother my yeah. dukes, mother yeah. of the dookie phone. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. look at any C D release, anything yeah. big party we did, you look at that stage and yeah. you see her right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that one's done. I mean, I, it, you know, I mean people who only heard her are still dealing with the loss. Yeah. And the people who played with her it's a, I, I understand how deep that is. Man, she gave me some some uh, some real good advice, man. She was a very, very good advisor. Well, you know, on, on, on Thera Memory's last album, yeah. she's listed on the liner notes as keyboards, <laughs> comma, advice. Man. And if, you, you know, anybody who gives Thera Memory, any, anybody that Thera Memory listens to for advice, right. you need to listen to. Man, shoot, <laughs> she would tell me who was cool, yeah. who wasn't cool, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is coming from a woman like Janice. Like, yeah. I, it, I had to take it a certain way coming from her just right. because of who she was. Right. You know right. what I mean? She right. was a heavy woman that had yeah. no yeah. thing with nobody. And she was yeah. straight a, straight up a technician. Yeah. And so, And she had been working here for a long time. So she kind of knew the scene yeah. where I was new. Yeah. So she yeah. kind of, you know. That's great. I, I appreciated her. That's great. Yeah. yeah. She kind of smashed me up and talked to me about some things. Yeah. Kind of put things in a certain perspective. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, uh, I did one of these coffee shop conversations with Reggie Houston. And, uh, and I hadn't seen Reggie for, for, for a while. And, you know, usually we just sit down and bullshit, yeah. talk about baseball, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And, and uh, and he he sat down where you are, and mm -hmm. the first thing he said was, "I'm just now beginning to be able to breathe." And I went, "I didn't know what he was talking about." Yeah. So I turned on the machine, and it all came out about wow. yeah, how how Janice had Janice's death had affected him, and it, and it devastated him, and he was just get, just dealing with. This was only two months ago. Yeah, you know, and it was a heavy loss for the community. Man. Yeah. You know, and we've taken some hits over the last three or four years, Nothing like that. Too, you know, oh, nothing nothing like that. But, like, that last year hit, like, yeah. With, yeah. you know, with, you know, Janice, Linda, yeah. and yeah. those were pillars. Right. For the community of the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, those were two big losses. Yeah. I wasn't as close, like, I wasn't, like, I knew Linda, but I wasn't as close to Linda as I was with yeah. Mama Janice, of course. Right. You know, you know, one great thing about uh, uh, her and, and Reggie was, you know, Janice was always the Buddha. <laughs> Zen. Mama right. Zen. Except <laughs> a few times I saw her with Reggie, and she's telling jokes from the stage, laughing and joking on stage. Oh, no. 
I had never seen that before. Oh man, <laughs> she's got jokes. Trust me. Oh, I, I, I'm sure. I, yeah. Oh, I know. I but, know. Like, but on stage, but on stage she oh, never man. did. You know. No, no, no. On stage. Oh, really? Oh, she has been. You just don't oh, hear just, her oh. there. <laughs> like if you ever yeah, watching yeah, them play yeah. and you see everybody start smiling, yeah. except for her. <laughs> That means she had the joke. <laughs> but I remember they played uh, they played the duet at uh, the, the yeah, final um, um, Sherwood uh, not Sherwood um, Silverton Wine and Jazz Festival mm-hmm. and just just the two of them and they were just cutting up and laughing and joking on stage mm-hmm. to the audience. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful to see. It was just wonderful to see. And I and you know I wish people could have seen more of that. You know, she was so funky. Yeah. And what's crazy about it, man? What's crazy about that is, is like all the recordings that were happening. Yeah. With her at that time. It's oh like, God, yeah. It's like, um, yeah. Like, I forget what day she died, but she was scheduled to be at my house again recording uh, the following Monday. Right? right. And she had just been at my house the week prior to that, where uh, we recorded like seven or eight of her tunes. Wow. And then she had been in a studio with like Eric and some other cats recording. Yeah. And, and then she had been in this other place recording. Right. And, and I'm she, just like, whoa. And she and Reggie had a project that yes. was ready to go. Yeah. She has uh she had been scheduled to play with Devin Phillips mm-hmm. and his and, and, and his whole thrust of his his new thrust of his band was built around her. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. stuff. Yeah, she was a man. She yeah. was so the new album, what's yes. the, what? Uh, um, the what, new what, album is called One Thousand One Hundred and Twenty Six Feet Per Second: The Speed of Sound. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a mixture of uh, just kind of everything. There's definitely some alternative R&B on there. There's some like there's some, you know there's some stuff that some people might consider poppy on there. There's some straight up Dirty, dirty soul, uh-huh. and then there's, of course, the Dookie is on there. Of course, of course. Well, that's, so it's yeah. gotta be, gotta be there. It's gotta have it. <laughs> so, uh, but um, man, I'm excited about it, man. I've been working on the record. I spent a lot of time in L.A. over the last couple of years. Uh-huh. Back in L.A. with you know some of the guys, you know, some of my people that I was that I would do a lot of writing with. I've yeah, been writing with them yeah. throughout the years. Uh-huh. And so I decided to like, okay, let me go down there and just do a bunch of writing instead of doing one or two songs with my friend uh-huh. let's go down and like uh-huh. get together and uh-huh. sit down and let's write music and write songs what was that like oh man it was enjoyable man i mean it's oh man it was it was an experience i, I spent a lot of time with a good friend of mine key and key to the city he's a writer that i work with uh-huh. and then the guitar player pete james uh-huh. uh from the duty funk stuff yeah. and we would just sit down and you know that's what we did. We would sit down and just start creating. And, you know, we would listen to, we would just listen to all kinds of music, man. I mean, when I say all kinds of music, I mean, yeah. Pete has an extensive collection of music. Uh-huh. So we was listening to, like, you know, the classic jazz box sets from, you uh-huh. know, 20 to 70, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So from Big Band all the way up uh-huh. to listen to, like, Janelle Monet uh-huh. and, like, the weekend, you know, yeah, yeah, and then we'd be listening to like, you know, I mean, oh, Shaka Khan, oh, Jimi Hendrix. I mean, these were all of the things that we were listening to as we were creating this album. Last so, night, I'm looking on YouTube at mm-hmm. four o'clock in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. Couldn't sleep. 
and I found I found a video of Rufus on Soul Train doing Tell Me Something Good. And Chaka Khan's got this little top on showing show, showing her belly. Man. <laughs> Chaka Khan, man, the queen of yeah. funk. That's what I call it. Yeah. The queen, because she's, uh, she's one funky woman. Man. I don't, yeah. You know, she's a funky woman. And a great jazz singer. And a great jazz singer as well as a, yeah. you know, a great musician. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, man, I had a good time writing the record. Um, I went down and mixed it with uh, Rick Clifford down in L.A. Uh -huh. Rick Clifford's the guy that did a lot of that Death Row stuff. Uh -huh. uh, so, you know, he did the Tupac album, the Two Weeks, that whole double album. Yeah. He did, you know, a lot of that Death Row stuff. So, uh -huh. man, I, I'm, I like what the mixes are. It's, yeah. it's pretty funky. And, man, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm excited. Great. Excited. Well, uh... You you also have uh, um, uh, something coming out with Farnell Newton. Yes, indeed. Who could be the only person in town who's busier than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy stays busy. And he's a good, he's a good business partner to have because he stays busy yes. all the time. Yes. And he's yeah. got about eighteen children. No, he doesn't have eighteen. He doesn't have eighteen. He's he's prolific though. He's prolific. He's prolific. He's got a great family. Oh, I understand. Man. No, man, Barnell, man, he's a good dude, man. We just, man, we, we've been working on it for about a year. His album, we've been mm -hmm. working on his album probably about a year and a half or so. Really? Um, yeah, just wow. listening to tunes. Well, you know, the way we did it was we just listened to music, man. Like, we, uh -huh. we, you know, I would make stuff and send it to him. Um, you know, and then we got to a certain point where I would, you know, call some of my friends who were also producers and people who did music. And we would call some of them to get music, and then we had this big folder full of music. Wow. And then we started kind of dwindling it down from there. Uh -huh. And so uh, his record has probably taken at least two complete turns. Really? Complete, yeah. Huh. But uh, the record we have right now, man, I think it's really, really dope. How did it change? Well, initially... We start initially when we started out. We kind of wanted to do. Uh, he kind of wanted to do like a. And it started off kind of soulful, jazzy, yeah. and then he kind of flipped and kind of wanted to do some like more jammy type stuff. Huh. You know what I mean? Because uh -huh. you know he's been doing a lot of the jam cruises yeah. and all of those kind of things. Yeah. So he kind of flipped and kind of wanted to start moving that direction. Uh -huh. But then as we really started going through the songs and putting the songs together, one day I looked up yeah. and I was like, "All right, Farnell." Um, you said you wanted to do this kind of record, yeah. but we're looking at this kind of record, and yeah. boom. Yeah. So he was like, no, we're going to go with the best songs, which I think is the, you know, uh -huh. I think is always the best idea. Hmm. So we started going through and listening, and we ended up picking about, I think we ended up picking about 16 or 17 songs. Uh -huh. And from there, we're, we went up down to the album's going to have 11 tracks on it. And man, I think it's, you know, this is funky. I actually produce musically. I wrote and produced probably about four of the tracks on that. Uh -huh. But um, together we kind of went through and just we found different producers, different artists. Uh -huh. you know, and we put it together, man. And I'm yeah, I, 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 man. I'm 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 real happy with with the product. Did you produce the single? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Jared actually wrote that. Me and Jared have been trying to work together for a while. I met Jared working with Gretchen Mitchell. Jared and, Lawson. Yeah. yeah. 
and we did a uh, he did a song on Gretchen Mitchell's album that didn't go on her album, which was probably and it oh. was probably the best song on her record. Oh jeez, <laughs> but it didn't make her record. Uh. So, uh, but we worked together in that, and then uh-huh. kind of you know a couple years might have went by, and we were like, yeah, we need to get together. And then finally one day he came over, and when he came over, we did Peace and Love. When he came over, we uh-huh. we did the music for Peace and Love. So he came over, we sat down. And we just made it. Uh-huh. We just kind of came up with the groove. I, I think the, the initial tracking, I played it was me on drums and him on keys. Uh-huh. Um, and we wrote the tune. We wrote the music. He came back, you know, the following yeah. week. Hey, yeah. man, I got a hook. Ah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So he came back, and the technician that Jared is, I mean, he had all the harmonies tracked, like sang into his phone. Wow. And he was just like, yo, man, I got this. I figured we could just swap it back and forth. Uh-huh. So you know, he uh, he came with the hook. We went in and cut the hook together. Yeah. He sang his verse, and we sat on the song. I think the song happened in 2011. Is when we initially did that. All right. Yeah. And we sat on it and sat on it. They did everything is clear. When Farnell's new record, when we were like, okay, we're working on this new record. I guess he talked to Jared about uh-huh. doing another song. He said, hey, why don't you take that song back? Yeah. Me and Tony had. Recorded it right at my house. Wow! And I think that's been the most amazing thing listening to Farnell's record is uh-huh. is I cut those tunes in my house. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't have like a soundproof studio. Yeah, you know, I live in a corner house. I got a little yeah. room uh-huh. you can barely walk through, and I got everything set up. And we cut those tunes at the house, and they just you know, I listen. Mr. Smeltz, John Smeltz mixed the album out of Philly, and uh-huh. he did an incredible job. Incredible job. Uh-huh. So. You know, it's amazing to listen to those tunes and go, dang, I got those in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> so Jared plays keys. Jared's playing keys. You're playing drums. I'm playing drums and bass. And Farnell's playing trumpet, of yep. course. Who, who else? Uh, and then a good friend of mine, some more dookie out of Detroit, yeah. James Shelton. He's on the organ. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's wow. it. Wow. Yeah. So man, peace and love is, is kind of moving around right now. That's it's great. It's great. Too. Now, is this part of this? This is is this part of your new label? It's not um, a new label, well, right? Well, it's not really. Our label isn't really new. And Farnell, right. for the record, Farnell's record is coming out on Atlanta Records. Okay. Okay, which is yeah. like, which is like our label's, you know, brother. Right. You know. Right. So uh, we're all up under Robodope, which is Robodope is our distribution. We're all up under yeah. Robodope. Um, Where's record, that at? Uh, Robodope is out of Philly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, his album is coming out on Atlanta. My record will be the first record out on our label, which is we took Farnell Newton Music, FM Music, uh-huh. and we took Beats Galore Records, uh-huh. we put them together, yeah. and now it's FM Beats Galore. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so, uh, yeah, man. So look for music from us this year, man, because... Farnell is dropping his record on Atlanta, but look, we'll be following up. My album will come out. Uh, I'm thinking about dropping two albums this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. So we're going to see. Farnell's got, you know, we got a lot of tunes for Farnell, so Farnell might end up dropping two records this year, too. <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, the cool thing about the thing with Rope Adolf is now there's an outlet for the music. Yeah. We can make this music and go, okay, we got one. Boom. Yeah. And put it in the system. Yeah, yeah. And let the system let it flow. Great. Great. 
do you consider yourself primarily a drummer, a keyboard player, or what? I consider myself a music lover. <laughs> I'm not, you know what, man, I can play, I, I can play instruments, but I'll be uh -huh. honest with you, you know, yeah. Tyrone's a way better drummer, and Tyrone and Dennis are way better drummers than I am. Uh -huh. Eric Lewis is a way better bass player than I am, uh -huh. you know, Nefasari and Miss Etta, Mike Bluezilla, they're way better singers than I am. Steve Swatkins, Dante, they're way better keyboard players than I am. Uh -huh. I just like making music. Yeah. And sometimes I don't have the access to the musicians. Yeah. And yeah. so when I don't, then I just, you know, that's how I learned to play. I started off playing keyboards. Did you? Yeah. Well, I guess I started off playing drums. I was like a band nerd to basketball. When you were how old? High school. You started playing drums in high school? Yeah. 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 So I was playing drums from the church. Really? As a kid. Yeah. Uh -huh. and and I started playing. I didn't start playing the piano until I was about 21. What kind time. of what kind of church? Um, <laughs> uh, gospel church. Well, Baptist uh, church. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it rocked. Yeah, we were going in. Yeah, I was. I was all right. I wasn't. You know, there were drummers better than me, but I was all right. And I played there for about a year and a half, two years, uh -huh. along with playing, being in band, and playing professional band. Uh huh. And, uh, went to school, went to college, and then after I. Dropped out of college for playing basketball is when I decided that, you know, I was going to learn how to play the piano. <clears throat> ah. so. uh, did you have a, a drummer that was your, you, that, that you patterned yourself after at all when you, when you started? No, because when I was playing drums as a kid, back yeah. then, I was, I thought I was going to be an athlete, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't, you know, the only drummers I liked were other guys that I would meet at different churches. Ah. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh -huh. I would, I would look at those guys and you know, yeah. try to emulate those guys. But I didn't yeah. really have any like, like Bernard Purdy or any of those guys that I was looking uh -huh. at. I was looking at you know Scotty Pippen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at basketball stuff. Were you a but, forward? Um, yeah, I was a forward. Yeah. Small forward in college. Uh -huh. yeah. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, man. And then I kind of when I what was your shot? Huh? What was your shot? Any of. Them. Oh. Oh. I was man. I was a frequent flyer, man. I could jump. <laughs> I could jump pretty. I could, I could uh -huh. get up there. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm about six six. So uh -huh. at one point in time, I was probably jumping. My bird was probably at about thirty seven, thirty eight inches. So, uh huh. So I was, you know, I was getting up there. Good dunks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Spectacular dunks. I've I've had some really good ones. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Superman dunks? No Supermans. Okay. But I've had some I've had some, some good ones. I've dunked on a couple seven footers before. Is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Never broke the backboard though. I did. D didn't? No. Okay. I did. I was in a game where a friend of mine broke a backboard Is that right? in a high school game. I was in high school. Smash This is dangling. And we had to finish the game. Didn't you ever want to? Um, no, nah, man. I think I enjoy dunking on people more. Oh, like really? Just, oh, cause I, gotcha. I've always been the skinny yeah. guy, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, man, musically, um, you know, I wouldn't consider, I just consider myself a musician, I guess. Yeah. Is there one, is there one instrument that you enjoy playing more than another? I enjoy playing them all. Yeah? I've, I've really yeah. been, I've really been enjoying the bass. I've been playing a lot more bass. Than, really? Yeah, but. Huh. I toured like well maybe you don't. A couple years ago, I toured with the Chicharrones, uh -huh. Bands Warped Tour. Yeah. Um, we 
like two and a half months. Wow. So it was like 40 some dates. Wow. Yeah, it was. But I was playing bass with them. And they're more of like a hip hop kind of rock, kind of punk rock yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah. 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 But I'm going to tell you what, those guys are a blast to play with. Yeah. It was just pure fun. So, what, I guess it's bass right now. What, what, what did you learn from Bootsy? Oh. <laughs> well, man, I, I haven't spent a lot of time with Bootsy, man. You know, ah, uh, okay. I thought that... I, I mean, a little no, bit. Man, when we worked together, yeah. I spent a little bit of time with him, but yeah. I haven't spent a lot of time with him. The first yeah. time I ever met Bootsy, Parnell took me up to meet him man, uh-huh. in Seattle at Bumper Shoot. Yeah. And so, and, you know, I'm standing there in the room with the, you know... Right. With the, with the rubber band, I guess. Yeah. I'm standing in the room yeah. with the whole right. rubber band. Right. And Bootsy walks up behind me. And I'm just like, oh, I turn around. It's Bootsy. Yeah. You know, shook hands. I told him who I was and bought the record. He was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Bootsy, man, he was just a man. He's a cool dude. And I, you know, it's sometimes I have to think about, like, you know, when I met Bootsy, I'm sitting up shaking his hand going, this guy played with James Brown. <laughs> some people say, some people say that it was Bootsy who brought the one to James I bet Brown. He did. <laughs> That's I mean, I, I mean, I, I've I've seen that, man. You know, but uh. You know that was that's always my first thing. Like when I I was I'm there with them and we're all hanging out yeah. and I'm going, this guy, this guy, yeah. <laughs> he played with James Brown, Brown right. as well as Parliament Funk, Funkadelic. He like you know this right. is right. this is, he's a funk god. He is a funk <laughs> like, god. He's a funk Absolutely, god. he is a funk god. There's no no question. <laughs> The influence that Bootsy Collins had on this culture is profound. Man, he is a funk god. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and George, last night I seen George and he ran up on the stage. <laughs> He's got, what, he's 75. He's yeah. running up on the stage. Yeah. I mean, you know, and just to be, you know, around those kind of people that they're, they're still here for us to listen to and yeah. enjoy and learn yeah. from. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. hey, man, I'm trying to soak it up, man. <laughs> Because I'm a firm believer in the funk. Yeah. And the funk saving lives. Hallelujah. <laughs> they, they call him Casper. <laughs> Not yeah. the friendly ghost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, man. So I'm, I'm going to keep studying and keep, yeah. you know, yeah. keep trying to grow, man. Yeah. Get better and grow as a musician. Why did you leave LA to come to Portland? That's, Actually, that's I left LA a... and moved to Atlanta. Ah, yeah, uh, I moved to that... after I left LA, I moved to Atlanta and then to Detroit and then to Portland. Wow, yeah, that's an odyssey. Yeah, well, I moved to Atlanta because when I moved to Atlanta, all of my brothers were in Atlanta. And my dad lives in Atlanta. Yeah, and so all of my brothers were there. Yeah, and there's like, my, there's like six of us all together. We have a baby sister. Yeah. So I moved up and then also I had some musical connections there. Yeah. You know, I had a bunch of friends that were have been doing music for a really, really long time and they were all there. So when I moved to Atlanta, I moved there to you know, to go there and make music. And I moved excuse me, I moved to Detroit because when my wife came to Atlanta, we got pregnant. Uh-huh. My wife is from Ypsilanti, Michigan. So 
you know, and it was our first child, and she wanted to be yeah. closer to her mom, so yeah. we moved to Detroit. Wow. Yeah, and, but we only moved to Detroit to stay there for one year because I'm not a cold person, and I don't like Right. I left Michigan I <laughs> because of the cold. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, we can go back here, but we got to leave. Right. We got to leave. Yeah. So we had our son, and he was nine years later when we moved here. Why Portland? Wine school, really? Yeah. Little known fact about the Ozier household. Two thousand and four, I would say, two thousand and three. So, ooh, he has ten years now. Make wine? Making wine, yes. Really? Yeah. Where do you do that? In the basement. Shh, don't tell anybody. I won't tell anybody. No, that's okay. We make wine in the basement. We're not selling it or anything. We just make it to drink. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So, wine is what brought me to Portland. I didn't know that I was going to be walking in all of this music and with the musicians and all of this stuff, but I'm sure glad I did. Now, there is a side of Tony Ozier I don't think a lot of people know. The, <laughs> the wine side. The wine connoisseur side. I, I'm not the connoisseur. I'm a drinker of the wine. Okay. <laughs> I bet you learned a lot more about wine than you ever thought you knew. Man, I've learned a lot about wine. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Uh, my kids are stuffing grapes. My, my wife just bottled a bunch of wine a couple weeks ago. So, wow. You know, we do it. We go out and pick grapes. What? That's really interesting. Wow. Huh. And good food and good music yeah. go together. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always say that, even with you know building. I say, hey, man, if we're gonna build, you know, you gotta have a good food to go with it. Studio working and you making music. Yeah, you gotta have some good food. You cook? Yeah. What do you cook? Whatever. I'm, a, I'm definitely a barbecue master. You can ask the family. Are you? Family. Are you now? I get down on the grill most of the time. All right. Man. All right. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> on the grill. All right. You can go to my Instagrams and check it out. Uh -huh. Ducks, chickens, uh -huh. lamb, uh -huh. whatever, fish, <laughs> curries. <laughs> we get it in. Yeah. yeah. And your wife is right there to put the right wine to it. Oh, she's cook. She's a cook too. So. Is that right? Yeah. So when it go down, we gotta get you over to the barbecues. I'm for it. Yeah, man. We gotta get you over. I'm day. for it. Yeah, so get you some of that old zero barbecue sauce. Oh man! Passed down through generations. Oh jeez. Yeah. Okay. I got a killer sauce too. Cause you know when I moved from Baltimore to Portland, there was something missing in the food department. Number one was fried chicken. Yes, definitely. Which I can get on the, every corner in in in, in, in the city oh, yeah. of Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. And I had to look for here. And the other thing was barbecue. Jackson, you know about Jackson. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So this is this is a family thing with you. I What's mean, it goes goes back in your family. What the barbecue sauce? Yeah. Oh, yes. uh, who makes the best in in your family? Me, of course. I know you're gonna say that. I hope y'all I hope y'all listen to this. All the rest of you Oziers. I make the best sauce. I'm gonna send this to you. I'm gonna send this to the rest of yes. your family. 
<laughs> send it to them all. <laughs> they're going to get back to you. Yeah, they, they definitely <laughs> probably will. Get I'm pretty sure somebody's going to dispute that. But. <laughs> but my sauce is pretty good. All right. Yeah. My dad still, he thinks he's hot. He thinks he's, you know. Well, of course. Yeah, you know, he still thinks yeah. he's the king. Right. I got it. But you're the king of doo-doo funk. King of the doo-doo funk. You are. Indeed. You are. Yeah. You are. Doo-doo funk royalty. Doo-doo funk royalty. Yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, man. Thanks a lot. Oh, man. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me, man. Appreciate it. It's thanks always always nice talking to you. And uh, we'll look for those records. Yes, sir. And uh, keep playing your records on my radio show. Oh, man. Please, man. And, Please. Uh, I'll see you next time. All right, let me give you a drop real quick. All right. My name is Tony Ozier, and right now you're listening to my main man, Tom, on KMHD Radio. <laughs>